Psycho opened in 1960, in mid-June, and it's interesting to consider the tonal gap between it and the other American films that opened in that year. Let's Make Love, one of the last complete films from Marilyn Monroe, Otto Preminger's Exodus, Wild River by Aaliyah Kazan, The Apartment by Billy Wilder, Burt Lancaster in Elmer Gantry, The Magnificent Seven, Spartacus, Jerry Lewis as The Bellboy, the British film Sons and Lovers, Olivier in The Entertainer, John Wayne's The Alamo. Of course, that moment, 1959-1960, is the breaking of the French New Wave. By contrast with that, so many American films seemed set in old ways. There were just two pictures from America in 1960 that were radical, dangerous, to the system at least, and quite new as experiences. Psycho and John Cassavetti's Shadows. There had been an odd warning of the risks in Psycho. One of Hitch's contemporaries in British film was Michael Powell. They weren't quite friends, but far from enemies, and they were both of them touched by genius. It happened that in March 1960, three months before the opening of Psycho, Powell had opened his brave departure film, Peeping Tom. It was as nasty as Psycho, and touched with the same kind of black humor— it was about a young filmmaker who murders women using a leg of his camera tripod as a sword stick while filming them to capture the look of terror. The film was so trashed by the critics on the grounds of its cynical bad taste and its playing with sadism that Powell's career was halted for years. The director of A Matter of Life and Death, Black Narcissus and the Red Shoes was at a standstill. Hitch only had to be afraid of fear to have premonitions about Psycho. Making Psycho was one part of its genius. Opening it with aplomb was the other. In post-production, he fought brilliant battles with the censors until they were lost in the film's details and prepared to let it pass. There were previews at which close associates believed the film was either a sensation or ridiculous, but they couldn't decide which. But Hitch had his last weapon to come, the score by Bernard Herrmann. Just as in the past Herman had made a musical story that lifted Citizen Kane and Vertigo, and just as he would yet again later with Taxi Driver, so the music carried a picture past realism and into mythology. Very often in his career, Hitch and his screenwriters ended up at odds, envious of each other's creative contributions. It was a nasty habit in the director, but he knew enough for the moment not to sever ties with Herman. It's in the music that Psycho reaches out for the fusion of film and opera, the most fruitful future direction for the art and maybe the business. Time and again, it's the music that turns doubt about seriousness into majestic effect. One of the editors on the film, Terry Williams, recalled the day the first score was laid in as a track. Like archaeologists retrieving shards of bone, the editors had pored over the details of slaughter and lost sight of it. With the music, suddenly they were screaming as if the film were new.